This is the Creative Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lopez. Hope you enjoy this podcast. It's set up and designed for coaches, leaders, and influencers to share their stories and inspire others to share their stories as well. That we can all learn together as a community and get better every day. So thank you for listening to season two. Today's guest is Rex Walters. We talked to Coach Walters today about his journey in the game from uh, from a player to a coach now. We talk about some of the biggest influences on his life as far as coaches were concerned and how that's developed him to the point he's at today. We talk about teaching the game and telling the truth. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Oh, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Shoot, I, I'm, I'm, I appreciate the fact that I, I got something to do now during this freaking <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, no, man, and and uh, no better place for you to be uh, involved with the podcast than mine. At least that's my uh, personal opinion. And so I do. Th- <laughs> I really do thank you, man, for taking the time. So thanks a lot. Uh, so, Coach, I want to start off like I do every episode in that. You know, you're, you're a very well-known player when you were at Kansas, even in the NBA. And so I just want to know, Coach, how were you introduced to the game of basketball? Well, it was, you know, really my brother. Um, so I'm 10 years younger than my, my oldest, my, the oldest kid in our family, my brother Rick. Okay. I have an other sister that was seven years old or so. Pretty obvious that Monty and Yoko made a little mistake one night. <laughs> and, and that's how I got here. Um um, but yeah, I, I used to go, my brother played high school basketball, his sophomore and junior year. He was a better track athlete. He was actually a better golfer, really good golfer, but he played basketball as well. So I just remember going to those games, uh, Smoky Hill high school, uh, Aurora, Colorado. Nice. And we, and obviously we had a, uh, we had a, uh, hoop in the front yard, our front driveway and, and he'd go out there and shoot. And sometimes his friends would come over and shoot and, and I just would start. Started watching, started watching, uh, funny, you know, with the passing of, of Kobe. Remember watching Joe Jellybean Giant, uh, Jellybean Bryant? Yeah. With the Sixers, World Be Free. Wow. I had this shot, this, yeah, Joe, Joe Bryant, you know, my brother convinced me all of his shots came off the backboard. So I was working on a, like a, a side, like off the backboard shot. Not, 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 not like your typical bank shot. Yeah. You know, like a corner, <laughs> corner wow. off the glass. Yeah. Yeah. Precision. Um, yeah, and so yeah, that's how I got introduced to it, and then really got serious about it. Oh, you know, sixth, seventh grade. I mean, it's all I played. Really, I played other sports, but basketball was really my my uh, my my first love. Yeah, awesome, coach. Now here again, your your playing days are well documented, but I want to know what was your experience like as a player. I had a great experience. I mean, yeah. I was a little uh, under the radar. You know, I'm from San Jose, California. You know, I, I played. I had a really good high school team. I had a guy named Lucius Davis that was a big West player of the year at Santa Barbara. We had another kid named Kim Camp that transferred in his senior year that was a really good player. I, I want to say he played at Fullerton for a little bit after junior college. We had a good team that never went very far, and, and I really – you know, a lot of people say I wasn't even the best player on my high school team. Lucius Davis was the wow. kind of the, um, um, what do you say, the, the county player of the year 
I didn't make didn't, didn't make all North Cal, didn't make all state, but was still rated highly because of one summer that I played for an AAU coach named Ruben Luna. Okay. And uh, had a great experience in terms of uh, that, playing in that summer. High school experience wasn't quite as good. Had all my friends, though. Um, I'm half Japanese that a lot of people don't know. Yeah. So I played in a lot of Asian leagues as well. And that was really where I had the most fun and, and, and the best friendships. And uh, had a nice two years at Northwestern. I just didn't think we were going to win. Uh, and that's really what I wanted. I mean, I, I was a kid that wanted to play in the NCAA tournament. So yeah. I went to Northwestern for two years to test myself at the highest level and to play in the Big Ten because my father's from Illinois. Uh, so he always talked about Big Ten basketball. So a kid from California, I just wanted to kind of prove myself in that league and, you know, didn't play much my freshman year, played an awful lot my sophomore year, had a good year. And then I was just like, you know, I'm just going to go home. I'm going to go home and, and maybe go to Santa Clara, uh, you know, be close to family. And my AU coach made some phone calls. The next thing I know, Kansas was interested. Wow. And once that happened, yeah, once that happened, I was, I was sky high. You know, I got some phone calls from UCLA when they found out about Kansas and then Arizona called when they found out about UCLA, but the whole time, you know, my whole sophomore and freshman year, all I did was I, I lived in the gym at Northwestern Wells Shrine arena. And I just watched basketball at night uh, when I wasn't working out. So I was always watching big Monday or watching Kansas play. I just loved the way they played. They shared the ball. They played fast. Um, the pressure defense. It was, it was something I was really drawn to. So when I found out they were interested, it was pretty much a done deal. I was going to go to Kansas. So I had, had a, you know, uh, a good three years. They sat out the year they went to the national championship and lost to Duke. Yeah. Uh, my, my junior year, we were really, really good. They were actually better than my senior year, but we lose in the second round to UTEP. Uh, and then my senior year, we go to the final four. We lose in North Carolina. Um, so, and then I got drafted and, and played seven years in the NBA. So I, I had a great run as a yeah. player. I learned a lot, got to play for some great, great coaches. Roy Williams, obviously, is where it starts. Uh, in terms of the number of Hall of Fame guys I've got to got a chance to play for. So, you know, then I get a year with Chuck Daly. I get a, a year with, with Larry Brown, Johnny Davis, Butch Beard. Then I get traded, not, not traded, but I get picked up by the Heat. And I get to play two and a half years for Pat Riley, but also on the bench at that time was was Stan Van Gundy, Bob McAdoo, Jeff Bizdelic, um, Tony <laughs> Fiorentino, and then and people don't know this. I mean, a lot of people do know this, but Eric Spolster was the video coordinator. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So I, I you know, I, I got exposed, yeah, to a lot of great uh, guys. I mean, the, the staff at Kansas, uh, all the head coaches that went on. Steve Robinson became a head coach. Kevin Stallings became a head coach. Jared Green became a head coach. Mark Turgeon still a head coach. You know, I mean, I, I was really, really blessed. Like I always say that, you know, the good Lord knew I would maybe not be the greatest. My, 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 when I was a kid, I used to say, I want to be the best player to ever live. Like kind of like the natural, you know what I mean? I wanted to be like Robert Redford and natural. Yeah. That yeah. wasn't going to happen, but, but it's amazing the doors that, that, you know, the good Lord opened for me to be exposed to all the great coaches that I was exposed to. Yeah. That was pretty cool for being a player. That's awesome, Coach. So I, I would, uh, I would hope that every player who kind of crosses paths with coaches like that uh, really takes that in and gets the full effect of that experience because, wow, you, you ran down a list of coaches that is like, wow, you can make a couple of Mount Rushmores with them on it uh, just, just with the type of stuff that they've done and 
the respectability they have when they just walk into a room. I mean, uh, Chuck Daly in particular. Wow. Uh, Pat yeah. Riley. I mean, those are, those are your guys, man. Like you're like, okay, those are some coaches. Those guys are writing books and stuff. And so you, <laughs> you, you get that kind of like, uh, you get that kind of training, you get that kind of impartation, if you will. Uh, yeah, yeah. I sure hope people to people take advantage of that while they're there in those types of, uh, leadership, uh, situations now would you say that they're kind of the reason that you went into the coaching profession well yeah i always knew i wanted to coach um my father was my first coach and i want to say fourth grade uh-huh. um even when coach williams coach williams would always sit there with you when you get there and, and you do talk about your future and you know so well, what do you want to do when you're done playing and i said i want to coach and he looked at me like i was crazy you know because i was kind of a heat heated very aggressive, competitive, wow. <laughs> air on fire player when I played. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but no, I always wanted to coach and, uh, I always tell people that, you know, Hey, I, I want to play, but I don't know how good I am. I don't know where it's going to lead to. I said, Hey, you, you got to follow something you love to do. Right. And that's going to open up doors to you. And hopefully if you're really, really, if you really dedicate yourself to it and you work hard at it, you can probably make a living at it, you know, and that's what I've been able to do. You know, I've been able to make a living playing and coaching basketball. And, you know, my wife would, would smack me in the back of the head, but I haven't had to worry about a whole lot, you know, like right now, who knows what the future holds with the COVID, but, but basketball, you know, it's like that Saturday Night Live that uh, baseball has been very, very good to me. The basketball has been very, very good to me, you know, it's been, funny, it's been really good. Yeah. Yeah. It has. Uh, it's opened up a lot of doors, and 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 then being around Coach Williams, being around Bill Foster at Northwestern, you know, being around Coach Williams, um, uh, even opened my eyes up even more to, to you know, you know, being a coach and the impact you can have on people, and then obviously you know the guys that I named in the NBA as well, the same thing, and you pick things that you you know as you as you figure out who you are things you like, things you don't like. I'll never do that. Oh, that's, that's really good. You know, you kind of pick things that, that you feel comfortable with and that makes you who you are as a coach. Yeah. Um, but I, I got a chance to do that with some high, high level guys. Yeah. And then some of the coaches that you've worked with now at the college level, you know, coach Musselman and coach Manning, you know, who's really yeah. kind of carving out a, a, a name for himself in the game. And, uh, you know, those are kind of the things that I think all coaches out there can really be encouraged by is that you can you can experience so much in the game, more than the game uh, with the right people around you. And it can, like you said, kind of uh, it's almost like another set of formative years uh, to kind of learn and grow. And so that's great, coach. Now, do you do you recall like a defining moment in your first experience as a coach? Wow. My first, well, <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll say this. My first experience as a head coach is pretty easy. We're getting ready to play Oklahoma state uh-huh. and I wasn't particularly happy with our game day shoot around. And I kind of got into my assistance a little bit. Like this is, this isn't going to fly. This isn't going to work, you know? Um, and we didn't play well that night, but I just realized really quickly, I'm, I'm in the number one seat now. And yeah. everything is going to be directed at you. Yeah. Um, as an assistant coach, you know I've been I've been really fortunate. I mean, I never 
I'll say this. When I was at Balfour and I worked for the great Homer Drew, right? Yeah. And, and it was my scout. And we were getting ready to play, um, I want to say Loyola of Chicago. And they ran the UCLA. And it was my scout. And we went over the UCLA. Went over that UCLA. Said, hey, we're going we're gonna to jump to the ball on the first pass. You know, the guy sitting at UCLA screen at the elbow. You know, you're going to give a length, and, but but we should be able to get through the screen if you just jump to the ball because the weak side will pull in. Yeah. You should be able to get through that screen, no problem. And it's like the first three possessions they got, you know, UCLA cut layup, mm-hmm. UCLA cut catch, wow. you know, catch and reverse on the other side. And I'll be honest with you, that's when I started drinking. That's, that's when I really <laughs> wow. started. <laughs> yeah. That's when I started drinking. Yeah. I had my sangria uh, that night, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm officially – an assistant coach. Wow. Um, you know, at, at the division one level. And that was my first year. Didn't have a lot of experience. Didn't have a lot of know-how. Um, but, uh, but also that was a great year. We went to the tournament that year. It's, 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 uh, shoot the first of a couple times that I've had a chance to be on a team that went to the NCAA tournament. Obviously we had a great team at Nevada last year that I got to experience that as well. You know, when I was a head coach, we got to the NIT, we got to a couple postseason tournaments, but, but the NCAA tournament, obviously something special, but, but yeah, those are my, my, my first, uh, remembrances of, of being an assistant coach and, and then being a head coach. So, yeah. Yeah. and it's, it's funny how I remember the negative. Yeah, no, man, you know, that's funny that you said that. I was just talking to another coach, uh, today and we were talking about how, you know, the negatives are what stick out to us. Like our, even in our, our mind, it's like in the prefrontal cortex of our brain, it's like we could win a game and just kind of let it slide. But if we lose a game, it means more for some reason. It's, it's just, it's amazing how our minds work. Uh, however, I think it's because we, if we're lifelong learners, then we're probably lifelong competitors. And so yeah. if, you're a, if you're a tough competitor, you hate losing. You hate losing no more. Question. You hate losing more than you love winning. I guess, uh, to some in, yeah. in some instances, and so yeah, that fear of losing will make you remember every little thing. But I'll tell you what, coach. I had a coach tell me a long time ago. You can know the other team's plays up and down, front and back, side to side, but if they can execute, if they can execute, they can execute. And so that's uh, yeah. it's one of those things, man, where you just gotta learn how to throw monkey wrenches into people's plans. But that's a great story. Because that UCLA, if, it's, if you know how to run that UCLA right and you're disciplined enough, yeah, I believe it. So now, Coach, yeah, yeah man, uh, I want to ask you, because working with young people, it seems like you've committed to it now. And this is something that's not going to change for you, not at least in the near future. But what excites you about working with young people? Wow. Um, I think the first thing is, is seeing the light switch go off. When they, when they learn a new skill, when um, they achieve something that maybe they didn't know they could achieve. Uh, obviously, the locker rooms after the game, um, just teaching. I, I really enjoyed teaching and helping guys understand what it takes to get better. You know, and, and I'm, a, I'm a big believer in positive reinforcement, but I'm a big believer of telling the truth. Yeah. You know, and, and so – you know, when we look for players, you know, I was, I listened to podcasts and I, and I watch clinics and, you know, I'm obviously a big fan of Stan Van Gundy. And he said to me, you know, you're going to have success in terms of wins and losses based off of three things, right? Number one is talent. 
You know, you got to figure out a way to get talent and get the right type of players. And then you have to uh, have a system in place, right? A system in place that, that you believe in, right? That, that uh, how you want to play both on, on the defensive end, on the offensive end. And then the third factor is the teaching. And, and that's, the, that's the thing for me that I enjoy the most. You know, I, I enjoy, trust me, I enjoy coaching good players. I really do. Yeah. And I enjoy having a system. But the teaching of it, right, the teaching of it for me uh, gets the buy-in. So yeah. if I'm a good teacher and if I'm sound and, and what I'm teaching our players, then you have a chance for great success and you have a chance for them. And I think it's the biggest thing for me is for them to have great success and have a chance to do things that maybe they didn't know that they could do and they can have those type of breakthrough moments. Wow. Uh, that's all great right there, Coach. I mean, I think all of us in coaching, we all started off with our mindset, like, I want to teach something. I I think I know a better way of doing it than what I've seen to, to an extent. And I would like to teach it properly. Like, I've heard coaches say, I got into coaching because I saw people blocking out wrong, and I just wanted to teach people how to block out right. You know, and, you know I, just, I think that's kind of at the core of every coach who sticks with it is that we're, we want to be teachers, but those three points are great to get talent, create a system for that talent and then get into teaching. Yeah. That's fantastic coach. Thank you for sharing that. That's those three no, points are super, I, super, super impactful. I think for every coach listening. So now I coach, appreciate that. No, no, coach, thank you. And so like right now we're in this time of crisis because of COVID and whatnot. How are you processing this whole crisis coach? Yeah, it, it's been interesting, right? It's been it's like even the last, you know, 48 hours. So what I've been doing is I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of, uh, you know, clinics when I get a chance. We're really busy as a staff because obviously we're trying to make sure our guys are being safe. We're trying to make sure our guys are doing what they're supposed to be doing academically, yeah. getting our incoming class completely uh, matriculated in terms of all of their admissions paperwork and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, um, and then, uh, you know, I have, I have kids too, you know, so I'm, I'm working my son out. My two of my sons like to like the game. So, you know, we find a court that we can go out where there's nobody around and we can get the shots up because we still want to do the social distancing thing, but yeah. we also want to find a hoop and shoot, um, recruiting. We have, we have to recruit, um, still, um, you know, yesterday we got some bad news. One of our kids decided to, you know, he was going to, well, number one, the good news was he was in a position where he wanted to get evaluated by the NBA. So that wow. was, that was something that's a testament to Dan. That I've only been a year, so I, won't, I don't want to take really much credit at all, but the kid was put, him, put himself in a position where he wanted to get evaluated by the NBA. Yeah. yeah but the, the bad news was, is he's like, you know what? I've been here three years. I want to try something new. So if he doesn't get good feedback, Pointing, although you're happy for the kid that, that you know he's gotten to a point where he can be evaluated by the NBA, you also wanted to see him finish off where he started. Yeah. Uh, when he came here, so so now okay, hey, we got a scholarship again. So now okay, let's get back to recruiting. We thought we were done. You know, now we've got one to give, and so it it just never it never ends. You know, it never ends as a coach. Uh, you're at Wake Forest. You're in the, one of the best conferences in America. You know, you're competing against the very best, and, and we're a high academic school, too. You know, a top 30 school in the nation. So 
you know, we don't take a lot of transfers. We don't take a lot of grad transfers. It's hard to get into school here, and yet we have to, you know, we have to replace a guy that's a pretty good player, yeah. you know, that has a chance to be a pro. So it just it never ends. And, and, and then you've got the COVID where we're not, we don't get to see each other. You know, we're going to have a meeting as a, as a team here on like Zoom or Google, Google Chat or whatever. I don't even know, but we can see each other. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and just kind of catch up and talk, but but it's it's just never ending in this crazy time where, you know, you don't get to go to the office, you can't go on campus, you, you're kind of keeping your distance from everybody. It's a great bonding time for our family, you know, because we're all kind of yeah. stuck with each other. For sure. But it's it's yeah, it's been difficult, and you're not getting that. You know, I get my fix because my son Gunner and my son Ace they work out, so I get a little bit of a fix. But at the same time, it's not the same because I think, you know, anytime you're, you're working guys out, you want to work out guys, you know, playing two-on-two, two, playing on three-on-three, three, so you have to make reads and yeah. really play the game as opposed to just drill, yeah. you know, drill ball handling, drill passing, drill shooting. But there's the great, the great thing about basketball is you have to play and compete with and against others, you yeah. know, and, and that's what brings that out the best in you as opposed to just going on the court all the time and getting up a lot of shots. Yeah, no, you're right, Coach. I mean, that's one of the toughest uh, transitions for this whole thing is uh, how do you keep that competitive drive alive? Uh, because here again, your competitive spirit is what gets you to where you need to get on that court and in anything in life if you want to succeed and, and excel. So, yeah, that's kind of one of the toughest things. I, I thought about that the other day. I was like, man, how do I get – you know, even my kids here at home, one of my daughters was complaining. She's like, but I'm used to being in a classroom and seeing everybody else do work. And so she's like, and then she, she's at the top of her class. However, she wants the competition. That's what she's looking yeah. for. We figured it out. We're like, you're just competitive and you just want to see other people working and you want to outwork them. And so those are the type of things that I think, yeah, it was, it's a tough transition for all of us when it comes to that. Uh, however, yeah, the time with the family has been really good. So, Coach, I would ask you this because in everything that we've done in the game, time away from home, uh, you know, c certain sacrifices that we make, uh, they're, they're, they're real. They're not this thing of we're just kind of like, well, you know, things just happen and I went with it. So what would you, what would you say, Coach, if I had asked you, what have you sacrificed or invested to be where you're at today? What have I sacrificed? Yes, that... Yeah, sacrifice or if you look at it as an investment. Uh, to be yeah, I mean, well, I think the people that make the sacrifices are people like my wife, right? Yeah. Like my, my wife and my kids. Like, I, so let's think about this. I was, I was, I was an assistant coach. I was assistant coach, or actually a volunteer assistant at Emporia State, a Division two school. Yeah, uh, driving an hour and a half every day, uh, leaving at six o'clock in the morning so I can get there at seven thirty, so I can be ready by nine. Wow. Then we moved to we moved to Valpo. We moved to Valparaiso, Indiana. Yeah. You know, at that time we only had two kids at the time. So we were there in Valpo for two years. Then I get a job working for Matt Doherty, a great friend and, and great coach, right? Uh, at Florida Atlantic. So we moved to Boca Raton. We're there for a year. Matt gets the job at SMU. Uh, we're either going to go with him to SMU or we're going to. We're going to uh, stay in, in Boca and be the head coach while I get the job. So I'm there two more years, but then I get a job at San Francisco and I move to San Francisco. Now we're up to about four kids Wow! at uh, this uh -huh. time. Um, get to San Francisco. My wife has her fifth child. We're there for eight years. We have to move because I get let go. 
And they moved back to Boca Raton where we still had a home. I ended up going to Grand Rapids and coaching for the season in Grand Rapids. Uh, I'm there for I'm there for that year. The next year we decided to move the whole family to Detroit because Stan gives me a job in Detroit. Well, unfortunately, at the end of that year, Stan gets fired and so does the rest of the staff. And um, so my family stays in Michigan. They actually live in Stan Van Gundy's home. That shows what kind of guy Stan Van Gundy is. Wow, he lets them live in his home because he's got yeah because he's got a home in Orlando. But I go to Nevada to go help Eric Musselman for the season. Um, so so I, the first thing is the people in my my family have made tremendous and amazing sacrifices for me for sure right yeah to follow my dreams and my goals and obviously put this put a little bit of food on the table but they've made tremendous sacrifices for me it's a it's a privilege like I'm working at Wake Forest for crying out loud I'm working for a phenomenal person and former player and obviously coach and Danny Manning I'm yeah. at a top thirty school in the Atlantic Coast Conference, competing against the very, very best. I've got to learn from Stan Van Gundy, who in my mind is one of the best basketball minds. If I would read you a, a text that he sent the other night, they were talking about guarding James Harden. And it wasn't like he was giving me two or three bullet points. He went down the line, and it was almost a page long of just, here's what you have to do. Uh, this is what I think you should do when guarding James Harden. Right? Like It was like, a, a, you know, almost a thesis, okay, <laughs> about how to guard James Harden. So I got, to, I got to learn from him and guys like Bob Byer, who's a great basketball mind that's on the Sacramento Kings bench, being around Charles Class, who's with the Denver Nuggets. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm really fortunate. I don't know if I'm privileged, but I'm really fortunate and blessed, right, to have been able to do this. You know, I've had great parents that, that gave me, you know, uh, a great foundation and some things that I needed to be successful. I've had great people in my life that have helped me along the way. I've had great opportunities being a head coach uh, at, at two different schools and then in the NBA G League. Like, I'm, you know, come on. Like, I'm, I'm really blessed yeah. and fortunate, but I've had a lot of people make a lot of sacrifices so I can do what I do. Wow. You know, that's the, uh, I don't know, to me, when you can realize the sacrifices others make for you, it makes you work harder. It gives you a little bit more of a, uh, a fire underneath your, your, your rear end to get things, some, some things done and to also, you know, honor and reward those who have done that for you. So there's a lot of gratitude that comes from that, and I, I can hear it in your voice. And that's great, Coach, because that's, uh, that's family. So family does. And if it was them needing you to sacrifice, I'm sure you'd do the same thing. So that's great, Coach. I'm, I'm so glad you brought, you know, that perspective is kind of turning tables like, yeah, I've done a lot and I've sacrificed, but it's this support group. <laughs> it's the support that I have with me that sacrificed so much. And that's, that's awesome. You know, good on them for, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it was rough, Coach. I mean, you're talking about moving from here to there to everywhere. Oh my goodness. And then, and then still, you know, still having the wherewithal to create children at the same time. That's awesome, man. Like you were, yeah. you were still focused on some other things too. So that's great. man. That's great. Yeah. So I would ask yeah. you, I would ask you coach, uh, cause I, you know, sometimes we don't take the time to reflect self-reflection and kind of learn to kind of learn to learn about who we are and our identity gets lost sometimes, especially if we have a lot of success. So I would ask you, Coach, what have you learned about yourself throughout your career? 
Well, I've learned number one, I think your greatest strength is sometimes going to be your greatest weakness. So I, I've had to really channel that. Like my greatest strength as a player and even as a coach, right, is I'm going to work extremely hard. I'm going to be highly, highly competitive. And I'm going to be very honest, right, uh, in the way that I approach things and the way that I um, work with people. Yeah. Saying all that that can also be a weakness in the fact that I work so hard that I'm almost maniacal about it. Right. Yeah. And, um, I'm so competitive, you know, you can, you, I remember playing in the, in the NCAA tournament and coach Williams said something to me and it, it, it still resonates with me. And I have to think about that when I feel like I'm getting too competitive is he says, Rex, you know, you want this game so bad right now. We're playing Indiana in the, uh, elite eight the final four and he's like you want this so bad right now you're squeezing the life out of it you know and so as a competitor i have to i have to channel that you know and 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 so uh and then my honesty right some people don't always want the honesty you know the the exact honesty that you feel so as a coach you can see how those things are all great qualities right i mean hardworking, competitive tells you the truth you know where you stand yeah. But also, it can it can really hurt you. So I've had to really um, look at myself. Okay, how can I get better? How can I channel these things to get the best out of my team, the best out of my coaching staff, and the best out of the people that are around us? Because it's not just going to be, you know, your players and your coaches, right? It's going to be your support staff. It's going to be your organization or your university, your athletic department. You know, like I have to figure and that. And that's the thing that I didn't understand as a young coach that I understand now at 50. I didn't understand it at 32, yeah. but I understand it a lot better at 50. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so I wish I knew that at 32, but it's made me better. You know, it's made me better in the way that I deal with people, uh, the way that I coach people, um, the way that I treat, you know, people. I, I never treated people bad, but some people don't want to hear the truth. No, you know what I mean? Sure and, or the way that you say it, and the way you say it. You see, so you got to be really, really confident of, you know, and I always say this to, to my kids when, when t- things are tough and when they get emotional, I said, Hey, are you getting what you want and need right now with the way that you're acting? Yeah. You know? And, and so I say that to them. Sometimes I needed, I needed to say it to myself as a younger coach, because I was here on fire at San Francisco. You know, like we were going to be successful and we had success. We did, but there was a price that we paid, right? That, that it just wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. And there was a better way of going about doing it. And so now I, you know, I feel like I've got a much better grasp of that. That's great coach. Yeah. That's a uh, growth development, all that because your, your EQ, your emotional intelligence, you know, kind of raising to a different level. And those are the, you know, I love what you, I love what you said about Coach Roy Williams talking about you're squeezing the life out of it with your competitiveness. <laughs> that, that's yeah. like, uh, I don't know, hurry up and slow down kind of deal. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's crazy, but it's so profound because sometimes yeah. we're not, we're too close to the situation and it takes somebody with wisdom to kind of knock some sense into us. So that's great, Coach. I'm glad you shared that. Now, I want to ask you, Coach, I, my last question is always about legacy. And I know you still got a long ways to go. Uh, however, you know, I always think about beginning with the end in mind and trying to figure out what do I want to be down the line? 
and how am I treating people in the process when I get to that end game or that end point? And so I'd ask you, Coach, what do you want people to say of you when it's all said and done? Well, number one, I want my parents to say they, they've raised a good son. That's, 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 that's number one. Yeah. I want my, my wife and my kids to say, you know, I'm a, I'm a good husband and a good father. I think that, that's really, really important to me. And then after that, and, and those, are, those are really probably the three most important, but if there was another after that, it'd be, okay, I help young people, right, and I help teens come together and do special things that will, number one, last a lifetime, but give them a blueprint of what they need to do to be successful after basketball. Yeah. Awesome, Coach. I appreciate your time. I really do. It was, it was a pleasure. Uh, it was great. I mean, I'm just here again. I told you, I kind of looked up to you back in the day watching college basketball, man. So it was just a real treat, man. And so I, I thank you so much for your time. Well, hey, no, I appreciate you having me. I, I love your questions, and, and hopefully people can get some stuff out of this. And I know you've got a lot of really good guests, a lot better guests than me. Oh, come on. That, that people can learn. That can people learn a whole lot, and, and that's what's really cool. And, and you're helping people just by doing this podcast. So thanks for having me and, and letting me be a part of it. No, thank you, Coach.